This edition is brought to you by Dropbox. Start your free trial with this amazing service by following the Dropbox link at bestoftheleft.com. Welcome to the Best of the Left podcast with clips today from Ring of Fire, Countdown, Randy Rhodes, Counterspin, and the Young Turks. talking with author David Nyward about the rise of right-wing extremism and violence. It's rooted in the hateful speech coming out of the talking heads like Rush Limbaugh, Ann Coulter, Sean Hannity, and Michael Savage. David, if I were to describe the way the American right manifests its hate speech, I mean, we know it's on radio, talk shows, political speeches, best-selling books, babbling blogs, you, you name it. Um, and, and anybody who runs afoul of that, of the conservative movement, it becomes a target. In other words, it's it, you're, you're, the, the idea of eliminationism is they don't really care about the dialogue. And my, my theory, my corollary to that is, well, fine, let's not have dialogue. I notice when I uh, very often ask to come on Fox News and I debate four right-wingers, if, if, you, if, you, if you get sucked into the idea that they're there for a debate, you lose. There is right, no debate. Absolutely. And so it's all just a matter of, uh, of how who you— wins, Who wins the pig pile? I, exactly. And, and it's unfortunate. <laughs> But that that is kind of how it is. It's not really not real television. It's not really uh, uh, any kind of meaningful debate. But that is their that is part of their eliminationism to attack, you know, the, the person on the other end of the camera in a, in a, in a Fox debate or wherever right. it may be. And just, you know, you're 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 beyond the pale. You're the embodiment of evil. You represent those crazy lunatic liberals. And if you let them do that, they'll continue to do it. If you go back at them just as hard, they back down like whipped puppies. And it's a very interesting thing. Watch it sometime. Let's go, let's go through some of these stories. I mean, the, the, some of the stories that have taken place. I, I begin with January 21st. It was the Wednesday, uh, the day after the inauguration, 22-year-old Keith Luke. This comes off of your blog site, by right, the way. Right, right. Talk about that story. Well, Keith Luke uh, is a guy who lived in Brockton, Mass. And uh, the morning after uh, Obama's election, he was so enraged by the fact that a black man was now president that he went out and <clears throat> with a gun and was going to – he started killing black people and Jews, or at least that was his intent. He killed uh, one young African-American woman and, and severely injured another before he was finally uh, – Police intercepted him on his way to the synagogue. Yeah. As he was on his way to a Jewish center, right, right, was, which he was planning to shoot up. February tenth, Tuesday, right after the Belfast, Maine, uh, the radioactive dirty bomb materials were found in the home of James Cunningham. Uh, who, who, tell us about this guy. Well, James Cunningham was a guy who was independently wealthy. I guess his father was a real estate magnate back mm-hmm. in California. Good Republican. Yeah, and. Uh, he was so angry about it, and he had been involved in white supremacist groups on the side and had had been known to be uh, handing money off to uh, some of these uh, uh, white supremacist outfits. He decided to build a dirty bomb, a uh, radioactive bomb, and he had the radioactive material, and he had the, all the components for making the bomb, and he was going to go set that off. And who knows where what his plot was, but... His wife, who had been putting up with years of abuse, decided to shoot him first instead. Uh, February 26th, Thursday, Miramar Beach, 60-year-old Danny Baker walks into a neighborhood townhouse right, actually, by less than an hour from where I live, 
What happens yeah. there? Well, he actually walked up to the outside of the townhouse where a group of uh, Chilean students, they were just exchange students who were going to school there, uh, uh, nearby, and, and he just started opening fire. And Kills the, two the, of them, wounds the five, townhouse. right? Yeah, and they all went flying. I mean, there were like 19 kids in there. Said he was obsessed with the fear of immigrants taking over the country. Big yep. follower of the of, of the right-wing radio. Big, big yep. follower. Yep. Uh, Sunday, April 5th, budding white supremacist di- uh, discharged from the military, shoots and kills three policemen. Well, he, he killed them because he was afraid that Obama was going to take his guns away. Heard that on right-wing radio, heard that on right-wing TV, right. saw that on right-wing blogs, saw, read that in right-wing uh, best-selling books, heard that in political speech. Yeah, he posted a Glenn Beck video uh, about the FEMA concentration camps to the stormfront.org Forum, which is the uh, nation's leading neo-Nazi forum. April 28th, U.S. Army Reservist Joshua Cartwright kills two sheriff's deputies. He was yeah. dis- he was disturbed that yeah. Obama had been elected. Yeah, I mean that was that was the reason he gave. He was concerned that Obama had been elected. He was mad, and he thought the government, since Obama was elected, had been conspiring against him. Heard it on right-wing radio, saw it on right-wing television, read it on right-wing blogs, saw it in right-wing newspapers and Mm -hmm. right-wing magazines. George Tiller, no surprise here, shot to death. Tell us about Scott Reuter. Well, Scott Reuter was a sovereign citizen, as they call him, and he was associated with the... uh as they call themselves, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sovereign citizens are a part of this whole right-wing, uh, far-right-wing uh, conspiracy theory belief system that, you know, their idea is that they've declared themselves free of uh, the tyrannical reign of the federal government by filing these uh, gobbledygook uh, pseudo-legal papers mm-hmm. at the local county clerk's office. It was a plan that was originally uh, dreamed up by uh, Posse Comitatus believers in the 80s, and then was avidly promoted by the Montana Freeman in the 1990s. Same deal, though. Same de- gets same his deal. information exactly the same places: right-wing radio, television, newspapers, magazines, yeah. books, uh, b- b- blog babble. Uh, Mor- Stephen Morgan, Connecticut, kills a former New York University classmate because he was Jewish. He says they found his diary, didn't they? Found this guy's diary, and in the diary he says that I think it's okay to kill Jews and to go on a sp- killing spree. Uh, it says, kill Johanna, she must die. Right. And she was Jewish. And interestingly enough, her grandmother, her granddaughter, uh, she was the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor. How about this last ep- episode, eight uh, right-wing extremist in four and a half months, he's eighth in four and a half months, history of mental illness, record of military service, domestic, domestic violence, jacked up on the toxic cocktail, as you put it, of white male privilege versus them, us versus them. What does he do? James Von Brunn? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this guy was quite a character, but, yeah, he walked into the Holocaust Museum, or actually he was preparing to walk into it when a uh, kindly African-American uh, guard who I met I had, I, met, I was in the Holocaust Museum just the Saturday before, and I actually talked to this mm. very kindly man who opened the door for him because he saw an elderly man and instead was shot in the head. So he had he both, but for this right wing nut that listens, that reads best selling right wing books and blog babble and right wing radio and watches television, right wing television, and listens to political speech. This is like a double header for him because he got to kill a black man in a in a Jewish Holocaust right. museum. Yeah. Have you ever been to the, yes. yeah, the most sobering know, I, thing? I've, I've, it's just awful thing. Yeah, certainly the most uh, emotionally wrenching experience I've ever had in a museum for 
And, um, but that's where, that's, where, that's where we can head, isn't it, David? If we, yeah. if we don't get this under control, yeah. this is yeah. where we can go. This is where Germany went in 1939. That's right. And anybody who thinks that Germany was just infected by some kind of virus from without, uh, they don't understand history. And that the Germans had some kind of special quality to them. They didn't. Uh, they, were, they were people just like us. But, um, you know, in the, the current display at the Holocaust Museum, they, they kind of have a, a permanent collect, exhibition, and then they have a rotating set of, of different exhibits. And the current one is all about Nazi propaganda. Hmm. And it's, a, it's really a striking piece. If you go online to the museum's website, you can uh, get a sort of preview of it. So uh, brings amazing, amazing piece. And it's all about how these, they use mass media to warp people's minds. Goebbels was get the them best. To, yeah. Get them to think like Goebbels was as good as they come. I don't know what you're looking for. You haven't found it, baby, that's for sure. You rip me up, you spread me all around. In the dust of the beat of time. And this is not a case of lost you see. It's not a matter of you versus me. Tonight, our number one story, and the very serious, very unsettling part, the Fox News Channel played in the assassination of Dr. George Tiller, the horrifying realization that a television figure can be a facilitator for domestic terrorism. This was underscored, proved even, today when a man named Frank Schaefer wrote for the Huffington Post that as a former member of the anti-abortion activist far right, he believes he, quote, shares the blame for the murder of Dr. Tiller, as we believe here does Fox News Channel. Schaefer followed his father, Francis, an evangelist, into the field, each writing books. His father's was called a Christian manifesto. In certain passages, he advocated force if all other methods for rolling back the abortion ruling of Roe v. Wade failed. He compared America and its legalized abortion to Hitler's Germany and said that whatever tactics would have been morally justified in removing Hitler would be justified in trying to stop abortion. Like many writers of moral, political, religious theories, my father and I would have been shocked that someone took us at our word, walked into a Lutheran church and pulled the trigger on an abortionist. But even if the murderer never read Dad's or my words, we helped create the climate that made this murder likely to happen. Of course, in this case, the murderer clearly heard the words from Fox News Channel or in the most benign of constructions, read the words of those who had heard the words from Fox News Channel. There is a comment thread from the Operation Rescue website from April and May 2007. I'm not implying these other posters had a hand in this. These are merely comments from readers about an anti-Tiller prayer event in Wichita. It begins with a post from April 6th asking, has Bill O'Reilly been invited to any of the Tiller events? And if so, what has been his reply? Has Fox News covered any of the events? There are two subsequent answers echoing the invitation, and then there is the ninth post from May 19, 2007, which reads, Bless, misspelled, everyone for attending and praying in May to bring justice to Tiller and the closing of his death camp. That was posted by Scott Roeder. Scott Roeder is the name of the suspected terrorist who was arrested yesterday for assassinating Dr. George Tiller. 
And what were the kinds of things he and or those around him heard about Dr. Tiller from Fox News? Killing babies in America. That's the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. For $5,000, Tiller, the baby killer, as some call him, will perform a late-term abortion for just about any reason. You're okay with some woman being depressed, executing her child hours before it's born. There's a lot of evidence there that he was performing illegal late-term abortions and covering up instances of child rape. You should be very disturbed by what continues to happen in Kansas. This man, Dr. George Tiller, known as Tiller the Baby Killer, is performing late-term abortions without defining the specific medical reasons why. Dr. George Tiller, who is uh, one of the few doctors in the United States who performs the Hitlerian procedure known as uh, a partial birth abortion. Right. Tiller has killed thousands, thousands of late-term fetuses without explanation. No question, Dr. Tiller has blood on his hands. Tiller, the baby killer out in Kansas, acquitted. Acquitted today of uh, murdering babies. There's got to be a special place in hell for this guy. This guy will kill your uh, baby uh, for $5,000. Any reason. Any reason. You go in, you go, the Glenn Beck program upset me today and I can't have the baby. <laughs> I mean, bang, I, you got five grand. He's taking them out. For four years, on at least 28 occasions, that is what was said on Fox News Channel. Nazism, Al-Qaeda, Hitler, Mao Zedong, Stalin, baby killing, pedophilia, Tiller, the baby killer. Again and again and again. And tonight, confronted with the inevitable result of instigation, the principal perpetrator at Fox News Channel made no acknowledgement of culpability, nor even regret. He said, no backpedaling here. I report honesty. Everything we said about Tiller was true, and my analysis was based on those facts. It is clear that the far left is exploiting the death of the doctor. Those vicious individuals want to stifle any criticism of people like Tiller. That and hating Fox News is the real agenda here. If these people were so compassionate, so very compassionate, so concerned for the rights and welfare of others, maybe they might have written something on things about the 60,000 fetuses who will never become American citizens. It is useless to urge restraint on men who believe self-editing of freedom of speech should apply only to others, that they are flawless and blameless and righteous. It is useless to make Frank Schaefer's argument to them, even though they have made parallel ones about how liberal television degrades children, about how liberal television hypnotizes voters, about how liberal entertainment destroys American values. When they reply, not in this case, bad apple, TV can't make that happen, it is useless to say if TV can't make something happen, then why do people advertise on it with the same commercial again and again and again in hopes of making buzzwords sink in? The Geico Gecko, Viva Viagra, FreeCreditReport.com, Tiller the Baby Killer. Don't tell them. They will not listen. We know this because of the case earlier this year of a Fox News commentator named Bernard Goldberg. In February, it was revealed that last July, before he walked into a Unitarian church in Tennessee and opened fire during a children's play, Jim David Adkisson had written a note of explanation. This was a symbolic killing, he said. Who I wanted to kill was every Democrat in the Senate and the House, the 100 people in Bernard Goldberg's book. That 2005 book was called The 100 People Who Are Screwing Up America, and on the list was everybody from Al Gore to Anna Nicole Smith. Mr. Goldberg did not even offer as much as his regrets, never might offer his resignation. His employer, Fox News, responded to reporting that placed the books of several of its hosts in Adkisson's home by sending one of the same producers who stalked the late Dr. Tiller to stalk the reporter who had had the nerve to link that network to the two people killed by Adkisson in Tennessee. So what to do? Viewer boycotts mean little. You are already here. You are not watching Fox News Channel. Advertiser boycotts are also of limited value. Most make barely a dent in a company. Besides which, in this economy, an advertiser that found its sales boosted by association with malaria 
would start breeding mosquitoes. If there is a solution, it is perhaps an indirect boycott. It is probably your experience, as it has been mine, that stores, bars, restaurants, waiting rooms often show Fox News on their televisions. Don't write a letter. Don't make a threat. Just get up and explain. If they will not change the channel, leave the place and say calmly why it is you are taking your business elsewhere. If you know a viewer of that channel, show them this tape, or just the tape of the attacks on Dr. Tiller that set the stage for his assassination. Fox News Channel will never restrain itself from incitement to murder and terrorism, not until its profits begin to decline, when its growth stops. So not so much a boycott here as a quarantine, because this has got to stop. That I have a commercial conflict of interest here is obvious, so I'll make the first symbolic contribution to this quarantine. One of my pleasures, obviously, is constantly criticizing him in that Ted Baxter voice. It is the idea of laughter as a social sanction against inflexible behavior. But this is no time for laughter. This is serious, serious as death, as serious as George Tiller's death. So as of this show's end, I will retire the name, the photograph, and the caricature. The words may still be quoted in the future as developments dictate. But the goal here is to get this blindly irresponsible man and his ilk off the air. We are only in the television news business, a profession that is at times about two inches up from carnival barking. We must again separate it, television, from terrorism. And we must again make the world safe for people condemned by the Fox News Channel. From our hearts to our feet and surprise them with a victory cry Say, we can act if we want to If we don't, nobody will And you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile Say, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance The doing is from pole to pole We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance Everybody's taking the chance It's safe to dance Oh, it's safe to dance Yes, it's safe to dance You people and 62 million other Americans are listening to me right now because less than 3% of you people read books because less than 15% of you read newspapers. Because the only truth you know is what you get over this tube. Right now, there is a whole, an entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube. This tube is the gospel, the ultimate revelation. This tube can make or break presidents, popes, prime ministers. This tube is the most awesome force in the whole godless world. And woe is us if it ever falls into the hands of the wrong people. And when the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what will be better for truth on this network. So you listen to me. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business.
So if you want the truth, go to God. Go to your gurus. Go to yourselves. Because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. <laughs> but man, you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that uh, Kojak always gets the killer and that nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry, just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds, we're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets, turn them off now, turn them off right now, turn them off and leave them off, turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now, turn them off! <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature, and you will... Atone. Yes. Am I getting through to you? I certainly hope so. I do. So can right-wing hate talk lead to murder? Can it? Why is it that every time we have a Democratic president, we see a rise in right-wing hate speech and right-wing hate killings? Why is that? Why is it that in 1995 we had the Murrow building, uh, you know, bombed by a guy named Timothy McVeigh? Why is it that when Bill Clinton was president, you had G. Gordon Liddy telling his audience that they should aim for the head of ATF agents because they were wearing body armor. Why is it that in 1995 the NRA had to apologize because they put out a uh, a membership drive letter uh, indicating that hmm, basically uh, the government was full of jackbooted thugs? Why is it that when you have a uh, a Democratic primary and you have uh, you know a, a Republican running against a Democrat, uh, the the people on the right wing TV sit there and say, oh, you know, he's a Muslim. You know, he doesn't have a birth certificate. You know, he pals around with terrorists and stuff. Why is it that they incite people so hard that they actually show up at McCain rallies screaming, kill him? Why is it that I used to play you audio from these McCain-Palin rallies where people were outside screaming about how they wanted to kill? Kill. Then in January, before Barack Obama was, was uh, sworn in, Yet Stephen J. Christopher, a guy from Wisconsin, picked up in Mississippi who said, yes, I have decided that I will assassinate Barack Obama. Then you had this guy, uh, you know, uh, pretty much floating around uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Richard Poplowski, just ahead of those, I won't pay my taxes without representation, the, 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 the freaking Boston, you know, Tea Party thing. I, I don't understand. I'm the only one that you know that has taxation without representation, unless you have people that live in Washington, D.C., that you know, because I don't have a voting member of Congress. But you had that, uh, that, that, that wackadoodle out there who— uh, 
you know, said that, uh, you know, he was going to kill three. Well, he did. He killed three Pittsburgh police officers. Uh, a guy named Richard Paplowski killed three Pittsburgh officers because he said Obama was going to take away his guns. And so he kills three police officers. Then you had the right wing media sitting there saying, uh, you know, picking on this uh, uh, this doctor who gives women health care where the choice is, you know, pretty much you die or the baby dies or, you know, live another day, you know, get rid of this pregnancy, live another day and start your family, uh, this baby isn't uh, isn't going to make it, or this baby is already gone, or this baby has no brain, or you're 10 years old and you're a victim of incest and, uh, you know, nobody will help you. Well, I will. So they gun him down, and Scott Rader actually is interviewed from his prison cell, interviewed from his prison cell, as if he's some sort of a hero. Now you got this James Von Braun guy. You know, yesterday, when news is breaking, it's very difficult. It's really difficult because you don't know what's true and what's not true. And I'd rather not break it. I'd rather get it right. So I watched them breathlessly yesterday, reporting, reporting, and everything was hearsay and nobody knew anything. Now they know everything. Now they know that this guy was 88 freaking years old. He was a former World War II veteran. I don't know what side he was on. In, in the World War II. But really, Grandpa, you're 88 years old. Don't you ever retire from the white supremacy? Don't you ever get sick of it? Don't you ever get like, okay, that was my life, but now it's time to put on a nice sweater. When, did that, when does that happen? 88 freaking years old. Just put her in the garden. Grow some stinking roses. Let the young people take care of the hate and the cross-burning and the anti-Semitic rants. What is with this guy? 88-year-old World War II veteran. He, he was literally like one of those cluster bombs, like, like an unexploded bomb from the Second World War that occasionally gets discovered under the streets of London somewhere or in a German farmer's field. Yes, they still can explode, apparently. It's, it, it's sickening. And all this stuff that goes on on the TV and all the stuff that goes on on the radio from he's a secret Muslim, he pals around with terrorists, uh, John McCain. Well, you know, um, uh, and, and even Hillary with, uh, you know, I can't be sure. I, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not a Muslim. What the hell was that, really? Now you got Frank Gaffney writing in the Washington Times on Tuesday uh, that, that Barack Obama is America's first Muslim president. He actually says that Barack Hussein Obama would have to be considered America's first Muslim president. The man now happy to have his Islamic rooted middle name featured prominently has engaged in the most consequential bait and switch since Adolf Hitler, Duke Neville Chamberlain over Czechoslovakia at Munich. Now, I listened to talk radio and idiot boy Mark Levin was saying the same crap that Gaffney wrote on Tuesday on his show. Same stuff, comparing Barack Obama to Neville Chamberlain. This is the new thing, that Barack Obama is surrendering to the Muslim terrorists. To the, we have our own freaking terrorists here. And Janet Napolitano puts out a DHS report back in April and warns about this, says that she can see that there's going to be a rise in right-wing extremism. I mean, you shouldn't even call the Department of Homeland Security. You ought to call her Nostradamus. I mean, this woman predicted exactly what's going on now. Why? Because of the rhetoric. You could see it. 
You can, you can hear it for yourselves every single day. You can hear it on the radio. People screaming, you're going to lose your liberty. You're gonna, it's going to be tyranny. He's a socialist. He's a fascist. He's a Marxist. He's black. He, he, he loves, you know, uh, he's, he's a Muslim. He doesn't have a birth certificate. All bullcrap. None of it true. None of it. It's just lies. They'll tell you any crap you want to hear. Anything at all. If you listen to several hours of Glenn Beck and then you go out and try and shoot somebody, you're just playing crazy. But that's obvious just from the fact that you listen to several hours of Glenn Beck, who knows nothing. He's dumb as a rock, as is Sean Hannity. Now, Russia's smarter than the others. I'll give him that. But to sit there and say fascist, Marxist, let's not leave out the word fascist, socialist, it's a government takeover. Stop with the black helicopter talk already, fat boy. We're sick of the violence. I'm tired of it. People who listen to this crap are either stupid or crazy, and then you get into the problem area with the listeners who are stupid and crazy. Extreme right-wing rhetoric tends to center on hate and violence. So if you hear hate and violence being preached on your radio, being said on the TV, you know what you're listening to is bullcrap. Extreme left-wing rhetoric tends to center on things like free health care. Hate and violence or health care? You decide. Which would you like to have? Radicals on the right want people to kill people. The worst that the left wing wants to do is balance the budget. April, the New York Times revealed that the Pentagon had been feeding talking points to at least 75 retired generals whose expert analysis the media eagerly swallowed, no questions asked. The Times later detailed the extensive and extremely lucrative deals one of the star pundits, General Barry McCaffrey, had with various military contractors. McCaffrey frequently spoke out in favor of programs and policies that would directly favor those contractors without any disclosure of his financial financial ties. The official Pentagon pundit program has been terminated, and after the Pentagon conducted a whitewash internal investigation that declared no evidence of wrongdoing, the Obama Defense Department on May 5th issued an unusual memorandum repudiating that report and removing it from its website. But as the government seems to distance itself from military propaganda, corporate TV outlets who were conspicuously silent about the Pentagon pundit story have continued to embrace it 
without the slightest hint of compunction. During coverage of the Obama administration's 100-day mark, MSNBC turned to McCaffrey for expert advice about Afghanistan strategy, asking him about attempts to undermine the Taliban by destroying the opium crops that largely fund them. McCaffrey's response was emphatic, quote, I think we've got to take it on, but, you know, the lead agent can't be U.S. combat troops. It's got to be Afghans chopping down opium poppy, close quote. Well, as Columbia Journalism Review's Clint Hendler pointed out, training Afghans to eradicate poppies is exactly what military contractor DynCor does. And Barry McCaffrey sits on the board of DynCor. That, of course, went unmentioned on MSNBC, where evidently you can be sure to keep getting your regular dose of military propaganda, whether the Pentagon is producing it or not. So let me tell you about Dropbox. First of all, I don't have nearly enough time to tell you all the great things that I could about Dropbox. Essentially, it is a magical program that lets you effortlessly, I'm not kidding, effortlessly sync files between your computer and the internet, and from there, do amazing things. You can have files automatically sync with another computer so that they're always matching. It's the easiest way to share any kind of files, large or small, videos, pictures, music, Anything you want to share with your friends, family, Dropbox gets it done, and you will never again have to use a third-party website to send large files to your friends or coworkers. I personally use Dropbox and have found it now to be indispensable. All of this functionality and lots more with your choice of 50 or 100 gigabytes of online storage. Learn more and start your free trial by clicking the link at bestoftheleft.com. Now, it is clear that the far left is exploiting, exploiting the death of the doctor. Those vicious individuals want to stifle any criticism of people like Tiller. That and hating Fox News is the real agenda here. Finally, if these people were so compassionate, so very compassionate, so concerned for the rights and welfare of others, maybe they might have written something, one thing, about the 60,000 fetuses who will never become American citizens. Or am I when I heard about Tiller's murder, I knew pro-abortion zealots and Fox News haters would attempt to blame us for the crime, and that is exactly what has happened. Writing in the New York Daily News, reporter Helen Kennedy was very, very sympathetic to Tiller and called my reporting on him rants. They were rants. You had no facts. You didn't know anything about the women. You didn't know anything about their health situation. You didn't know anything about 10-year-old girls who had been raped. You didn't know anything about uh, 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 the stories of the women who had cancer and were asked to either forego chemotherapy and die or go ahead and get the chemotherapy, lose the baby, and live another day and have a new family. You didn't know anything about it. You don't know one thing about women's health care. Randall Terry on this show saying, hate is good, hate works. He actually said that. We nominated a Supreme Court judge. She's done nothing but graduate at the top of her class in Princeton and go on to law school and edit the Yale Law Review. She has the temerity to put her name into nomination to agree to be the nominee for the next Supreme Court justice opening. And uh, we have to sit here and listen to Newt Gingrich call her a racist. We have to sit there and listen to, to Rush Limbaugh call her a racist, a bigot.
We have to sit there and listen to people say uh, that they hope the president fails and that if al-Qaeda wants to destroy this country, they better hurry up because Obama's going to do it first. You have O'Reilly comparing Dr. Tiller to a Nazi for almost two years. Rush Limbaugh bend over and grab the ankles for a black president, he said. Pals around with terrorists, they said. Baby killer, Nazis, fascists, socialists, Marxists, hope he fails. Gaffney in, in the Washington Times just this Tuesday criticizing Barack Obama because he went to the Middle East in Cairo and uh, talked to what he calls the Muslim world, as Frank Gaffney puts it in quotes. And he writes, with Mr. Obama's unbelievably ballyhooed address uh, in Cairo Thursday to what he calls the Muslim world, there's mounting evidence that the president not only identifies with Muslims, but may actually be one himself. Consider the following. And he starts listing stupid, fake, firsthand knowledge of Islam. Oh, ignorance is, is, is better. Referring to the Holy Quran, non-Muslims don't do that. Then the president made a statement, no believing Christian, certainly not one versed as he professes to be in the ways of Islam, whatever make, in the context of what he euphemistically called the situation between Israelis, Pal Palestinians, and Arabs, Mr. Obama said he was looking forward to the day when Jerusalem is a secure and lasting home for Jews, Christians, and Muslims, and a place for all of the children of Abraham to mingle peacefully together, as in the story of Israel, when Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad, peace be upon them, joined in prayer. And he goes, the reason why is because of the peace be upon him. It's only invoked by Muslims as a way of blessing deceased holy men. You're wrong and you're stupid. And this is incendiary. I, I, I can't even believe it. I, I just, I, he goes, in the final analysis, maybe beside the point whether Obama is actually a Muslim. You know what, Gaffney? Put down your pencil and have yourself a squat on the cosmic utensil. This thing is going to come and bite you right there. I want your, your there to be occupied with some other endeavor so that it doesn't get bitten. This is, this is unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable. And, and, and the thing is that you've got these people on the radio, on the public airwaves, you've got people on cable, which is even harder to regulate, uh, calling themselves news and meeting no journalistic standards whatsoever, opining all day, every day, with no facts whatsoever anywhere in sight or in the room or in the building. And uh, quite frankly, they're proud of what they're doing. They like this stuff. A, it makes them feel powerful, and B, it gives them something to report on. They like this carnage. I mean, this was wall-to-wall -wall coverage yesterday. The news had been canceled for a horrifying, you know, I mean, it was a horrifying incident. There was a young police officer, a young uh, security guard at the uh, uh, Holocaust Museum. God only knows how many lives that man saved yesterday, Mr. John. Uh, I don't know how many lives this guy saved yesterday. There were thousands of people in the Holocaust Museum when this happened. This guy walked in there with a rifle in plain sight. And a very alert uh, security guard managed to see him and stop him uh, with his own life. Who needs this? Who really needs this? I can eat my dinner in a fancy
I'm gonna play you one more, okay? And by the way, this whole uh, Poplowski guy, uh, the guy in Pittsburgh who shot the cops, absolutely, positively believed that they were gonna come after his guns, uh, his Second Amendment rights and his First Amendment rights, and see how they work in tandem. They know they're saying something crazy, the conservatives do, right? Uh, and they know that they're trying to stir up everybody. And when they incite violence, that's an issue, right? So the next logical thing is, hey, can you stop inciting violence? That's why they bring the First Amendment into it, too. So they could be like, see, oh, I have a First Amendment right. See, the minute I started saying something against the government, they tried to shut me down. And then you say, well, all right, but by God, man, you're saying incredibly violent things. Don't do that. So, oh, First Amendment, First Amendment. Okay, now that I have my First Amendment rights, oh, they're coming for your guns. You better load them and hide them. And, and as you're going to hear from G. Gordon Liddy here, don't register them. All right, listen to how mental these guys sound. And also knowing the evils of Marxism, liberalism, fill in the blank, I am really concerned about the newest version of the brown shirts. And Wait, Marxist or brown shirts? You I, I'm concerned that, you know, almost immediately that, that new little group will be formed. And I'm also very concerned about the firearm owners in this country. I think we need a bit of general advice from you as to what we can do as a group with our firearms. Do we need to buy up all the cosmopolitan in the country and, and bury our weapons? Bunch of morons. Uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious as to, as to what advice you have for us. Uh, I mean, we know it's going to happen. We know that they can't uh, <laughs> really get their fingers on the brass ring until they've disarmed us. Uh, I don't know. You know, health care is a concern, but it's not my primary concern. And I think that... Uh, well, health care, as I warned before, and uh, as uh, Dick Army, who's also, uh, you know, Dallas, Texas guy. Uh, He's a good man. Warned, yes, he a brilliant man. Oh, uh, very brilliant. He, he said, look, it's coming in the guise of health care, but that's not really what it's all about. What it's all Certainly. about is acquiring dominion over the individual. Absolutely. Well, now, uh, how, do they, how do they attain any kind of dominion? over an armed populace. I mean, it has to be their number one concern. Yeah, but I would think so. Uh, and uh, Barack Obama, uh, by his voting record, has uh, demonstrated that he is uh, you know, totally anti-gun. Now, you oh, say sir. what to do. Well, uh, the, the first thing you do is, no matter what law they pass, do not, repeat, not ever register any of your firearms yeah, stay classy. because that's where they get the list of where to go first to confiscate so you don't ever register a firearm that would be illegal. on the same hand you know if we're, if we're apprehended with a non-registered firearm we're you know we're uh, under the jailhouse there too well that's that's true but the, you, what, what's going to happen is uh, if you register your firearms you're handing them a list of where to Certainly. go to confiscate the firearms, so don't do I it. I think that's why we fear them. But what I'm speaking of is any firearms you may have that they pass some laws saying, you know, bring in your firearms and register them. Oh, certainly, yes, I understand. That's what I'm referring yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, depending upon uh, the the intensity of the uh, repression by the government and the way they're you know seeking firearms and so forth, 
then I would say yes with respect to cosmoline and uh, you know proper wrapping and storage, and then uh, putting them uh, where they will not be findable by uh, metal detectors and things of that sort. I'll leave that up to your imagination, and because it differs from uh, location to location, but that would be the thing to do. It almost seems like he's giving advice to a terrorist, okay? Now, I'm not calling that guy on the phone a terrorist, but like, you know, all right, when you're going to an airport, this is how you hide your guns. Or if this is, if the authorities come for you, this is where you hide your, you know, uh, weapons, right? And by the way, is he just not flat out encouraging illegal behavior? But then why would G. Gordon Liddy care? He's a convicted felon. He tried to undermine our democracy once during the Nixon years and spy on the opposing party, doesn't give a damn about democracy. Now he's talking about the other party? And look, put all that aside. These guys are paranoid nuts. They're trying to achieve dominion over our lives? Yeah, Barack Obama wants to run G. Gordon Liddy's life. Why? Why would he be interested in G. Gordon Liddy's life at all? Like, yeah, he's sitting in the White House. He's like, oh, wow, you know, how do we get Liddy to do what we want? <laughs> he doesn't give a damn. We don't, we don't. Look, they live in a completely different reality than we do. In the real world, liberals, progressives, whatever you want to call them, they, you know, you might disagree with them on an issue to issue, but they're trying to help people, right? And they're saying, all right, you know what? How do we get health care costs a little lower? Or how do we cover more people? And you might say, hey, I disagree with your thing. But it is not to gain dominion over you and run your stupid-ass life. We're not interested in your life. In fact, we want you to leave us alone. You're the one interested in everybody else's life. you got to go and say, oh, no, gay people can't do this. And before it was black people can't do that. And now they're saying, store all your weapons. This stuff is dangerous, man. One of these loons is going to do something crazy. And when they do... There's going to be holy hell to pay, man. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine it. And now if you go to pass any, even attempt or begin to talk about any sensible regulation of firearms, they're going to be absolutely convinced that you're trying to gain dominion over their stupid-ass lives. We just don't want you to shoot people. That doesn't mean we're going to ban your handguns. And Barack Obama has never said any such thing. It's made up. All right. God, these guys are dangerous, man. God help us if they do something crazy or stupid. We thought this was low. Well, it's bad getting worse. You're not going to want to miss what we have available at the brand new Best of the Left store. You can get all of our great designs, including some cool retro ones that no one's ever seen before, on all kinds of great Cafe Press apparel and other fun items they have available. If you prefer a Cafe Press alternative, we got you covered. Check out everything we have available at our Print Fection store. Aside from all that fun stuff, we've got something really useful for you. We've just started a brand new podcast by mail service. So say you know someone, maybe even yourself, who loves this show or would love it, but they're just not tech-savvy enough to do the whole podcasting thing. They couldn't download it every week, not going to listen online. Give them a podcast-by-mail subscription, and they'll have the CDs of every edition sent right to their house every week. All this now available at the new store at bestoftheleft.com. We got heaps and heaps of what we saw. 
Bobby, you know, we got it's just impossible to lead the news this week without talking about the little wiener, the little Michael Allen weenie. Now, as a matter of fact, you know, I was listening. Well, this is my. You're talking about Michael Savage, the little. Who's that baby? Who's the baby? That's him in the background. He's talking. Here's what he says. I can't believe. Now, this is his exact quote. Well, let's tell what he Wait, wait, what he wait, did. wait a second. No, we. I think everybody knows this guy has been banned from the U.K. The U.K. said he's so disgusting that you just can't even put him in. We, we, don't, want to, we don't want him in our country. So here's what he – listen to this. This is this his quote. Is my, by the way, Michael, I, I, Mike. Yeah. His name – his stage name is Michael Savage. People may not know that his real name is Michael Allen Wiener. He took up, like, the name of a porn star for yeah. some reason to – yeah, uh, for his radio show, which is a hate radio. Well, now, first of all, what I love is this quote. You got to hear this to link me up with skinheads who are killing people in Russia to put me in the league with Hamas murderers who kill people, uh, you know, on buses is defamation. This guy is so disgusting. Now, let me let, here's the short. Here's the short story on him. He's a guy, if you go, if you just go back and look at just a little bit of the history, he's the one that called Barbara, he said that Barbara Walters was an empty-minded slut that would peddle anything for ratings. When he talked about civil rights, he said it's a con racket that's used to exploit primarily heterosexual Christian white males' birthplace and steal from what's their birthright and give it. In other words, this guy is out there crying like a baby. The little wiener is crying every day. Well, here's the reason that the the British decided to put him on a list of excluded people because of his unacceptable behavior in seeking to provoke others to commit serious criminal acts and fostering hatred, which might lead to inner community violence, which is true. He hates gay people. He hates minorities. He hates uh, Islamic people, Muslims. Um, and he has commented in a derogatory way about about women who have been raped and about children who have autism. Yeah, what did he say? What was his take on the autism? He said they're just brat kids. That nothing's wrong with them. They're just brats. Yeah, he says a brat who hasn't been told to cut the act out. Jeez. Well, now if you remember back in two thousand three, he's also the guy that there was a caller that identified himself as gay called into a show, and he said that he hoped that the caller would die of AIDS. He's also the same guy that said we need to burn the Mexican flag in opposition to illegal immigrants. Isn't the real question here? I mean, really, isn't the real question what kind of freak listens to this guy? I mean, that's that's the bigger question. You're sitting listening to the little wiener. Now, first of all, Bobby, this guy, you know, has got to have a past where, you know, he's probably had the hell beat out of him just about, you know, every day growing up because he's grown up with a name named Michael Wiener. And so he changes. And this is a guy who's been you know that he's been beat on day after day. He's got so much hate in him. That it all comes out on his radio show. And what about these people say, yeah, this is what I want to listen to. I want to listen to this freak. Well, you didn't wake up this morning because you didn't go to bed. You were watching the whites of your eyes turn red. The calendar on your wall is ticking. The days off you've been reading some old letters. You smile and think how much you've changed. All the money. Back those days, you call back your heavens, and the sun.
talking a lot about gun violence on the Young Turks, and uh, there's a new story out about how Jivali Wong, the guy up in Binghamton that killed 13 people at the immigration center, that he fired off 98 shots with two handguns in about a minute, maximum 90 seconds. And they're saying that's incredible. Apparently he'd been training with guns for quite some time, that he was a good marksman, and one of the authorities said that he was like a new Rambo, which I think was a terrible thing to say because that only encourages people. And uh, then we had the shooter, of course, in Pittsburgh who shot the cops because he was convinced they were going to take his guns away. By the way, the best way to get your guns taken away is to shoot a cop. So uh, these guys are getting pumped up by uh, a lot of the conservative talk show hosts, if you ask me. And they're not just being directed uh, in, you know, look, obviously a lot of the people who do this, most of the people who do this, are have mental issues. They are mentally unstable. But if uh, these hosts are basically going into insane asylums and shouting at people, they're coming for you, they're coming for you. The best thing to do is store up with weaponry. Well, then, of course, you're going to have problems. And so I, I want to play some more clips for you. Now we have Mike Gallagher, another conservative talk show host, who's telling everybody in the country, go get a gun. Well, and where is this going to lead? And they, every other host, the back and and Liddy and Lars Larson and just about every one of them you can uh, imagine is saying, hey, you know what? The government is coming for you. The government is coming. They're going to take away your guns. Okay? So make sure you grab them. And then G. Gordon Liddy says, don't even register them. But let's listen to Gallagher here. Let's watch. Continuing here on the Mike Gallagher Show, I'm glad you're along for the ride. you got to hear this audio. It's extraordinary. Last night on MSNBC's Hardball, liberal... David Schuster, the host, teaming up with liberal writer Charles Blow, who wrote a column trying to blame the shooting deaths of three Pittsburgh police officers on conservatives. Right. I don't know what's happening in his case yet. And, and he will go to trial. We'll find out more about his case. But I think that what's happening in that echo chamber is very dangerous because it only takes a couple of people or one person to do something that with a gun that, that is very irresponsible that leads to something like this. And I feel like if you are going to let these people ramble on, if they feel like that's a responsible way to use the platform that they have, then that's very unfortunate. Unfortunate. The echo chamber. Let's listen to what he, what he called it. What's happening in that echo chamber is very dangerous. What's ha what's, dang what's dangerous? People are talking and worried and concerned and want to want to defend this country and defend themselves with guns. See, liberals hate the idea of an armed citizenry. They just hate the concept. They despise it. It terrifies them. You know what? I have been promising for the last six months that I want to get a gun. I mean, it's no question, there's no mystery that my wife, Denise, when she was alive, she abhorred the idea. We thought about it. We actually had some pretty bad arguments because I really felt as, as her guardian and as my family's protector, I want to have a gun. She died last June. It's time I get a gun and do what I know to be right. Well, you know what? I don't want to do it alone. I just realized something. You know what would be a perfect exercise for our show? We reach a lot of people. 
North, south, east, west. You know what we need to do on the Mike Gallagher Show? We need to get a national movement to register as many people as we can who, like me, have not been gun owners to become gun owners. Genius idea. I we're going to do, and I'm you know I have one of those moments. Once in a while, I get these inspira inspirational moments where I just know it's going to come together. We're going to set up a website. We're going to get listener participation on this. We're going to register and create as many gun owners, new first-time gun owners as possible. I don't even want to set a number. I'm number one. <laughs> I'll be the first one. Eric Hansen on my staff says he's going to do it. He loves the idea. We're going to start a movement on the Mike Gallagher Show and register as many people as possible to become legitimate, lawful, law-abiding gun owners for the first time. We'll set up a site. We'll have you sign on. We'll figure out a way to verify it just so we can, you know, confirm the number and get as many people as possible to register and become first-time gun owners. And, by the way, don't even bother to try to call and say it's a bad idea, because I think this is one of the best ideas I've had in a lot of years. It probably is one of the best ideas you've had, because all you do is come up with dumbass ideas. Yet, really, that's the problem in this country, right? We don't have enough guns. That's our main concern, right? So everybody gets armed, and then we all carry around guns. And if anybody does anything slightly wrong, or if we think the government is doing anything wrong, what do we do? Well, let's ask Lars Larson what we're going to do. I'm going to play this clip again, okay? Listen to another conservative talk show host about what you should do if the government shows up at your door. We're going to end up with justices who think they can break free of the constraints of the Constitution, perhaps on the Second Amendment, one of my favorites. Phil writes in, Lars, I've always said if the gun grabbers come to my front door and demand my guns due to some unconstitutional law being passed by the loony lefties in Washington, D.C., I'll have no choice but to hand them over. However, they will receive all of my ammunition first, all of it, just as fast as I can possibly give it to them. As fast as Jibberly Wong did, 98 shots in a, under a minute. Is that what you're talking about? That's what you're encouraging folks to do? Oh, he's just reading a listener email. That's all he's doing. Wink. Look. When you combine this madness about guns, about how they have to be fully armed to the teeth, because as uh, G. Gordon Liddy is talking about, the uh, Marxists and the liberals are trying to establish dominion over their lives, as if we would give a flying something about their lives, right? I don't want anything to do with G. Gordon Liddy's life. I would prefer to never see that man again. So now uh, they say... Not only do you get, have to get all these guns, and Liddy says don't even register them, hide them, right? But if the government comes for you, well, you know how to use them, right? And G. Gordon Liddy in the past has said if agents show up at your door, take headshots. Aim for their heads, okay? These guys are absolutely insane. Now, when you combine those two uh, things, all these guns and the political message, you think somebody's not going to do something stupid again like the guy in Pittsburgh? that all of these gun owners, they're all going to be perfectly rational, and they're going to be perfectly, you know, law-abiding, etc., and none of them are going to get riled up by any of these political messages. Well, I'm going to tell you something, man. If someone does something stupid and takes a shot at Obama, okay, now, you're, it's such a terrible idea that you're not even supposed to talk about it, right? But these guys keep pushing and pushing and pushing. There will be... Holy hell in this country. 
because they didn't win politically. They lost. They got, and it looks like they're going to lose even more uh, senators and congressmen as the days go on. And it looks like they're becoming a minority party, the Republicans. So is this egging people on to have victory in an another way? I don't know. Why do they keep encouraging everybody to grab as many weapons as possible? And then if the government comes for them, you know what to do. Wink, wink. Man, I would be so beside myself with anger if anybody was to do anything like that. And I can't imagine what so many people in this country would think. And then they'd say, you know what they'd say, oh, what are you going to do? I have my First Amendment rights. <laughs> well, oh, did something happen? Oh, we feel terrible. We just feel awful about that. Golly gee willikers. Well, well you look at that. These people are sick. And... You know, yes, of course they have their First Amendment rights. You can say any damn crazy thing you want in the country, okay? But they should be delegitimized. The fact that a major channel, as you know, terrible as they've been in the past, Fox News, they're still a major channel. They would have a nut like Glenn Beck talking about driving stakes through the hearts of the bloodsuckers like Obama, talking about we weaponizing the whole country and... Watch out for the government. They're going to come take your guns, which Beck says all the time. And the fact that politicians would go on their shows, apparently the governor of Texas was on Beck's show today, and that they would feed this as if they're a legitimate part of uh, the dis national discussion. It's sickening, man. It's totally going in the wrong direction. And, you know, there isn't a good answer for it. And if we're not going to take anybody's guns away, right? No, it's totally infeasible, and, and I, look, we get it, man. It's like they they have this straw man that w argument that the other side, all they want to do is they want to control your lives, and that's why they want to take away your guns. No, I'm worried that you're going to shoot your kid by accident, or your kid's going to find the weapon, and he's going to show it, uh, his sister by accident, or uh, you're going to get mad one day when you shouldn't be mad, and if there was a weapon... Uh, if there was no weapon, you don't do anything, but if there is, I'm, I'm worried about your uncle who's a little unbalanced, who's going to grab the weapon and do something stupid, right? But I, I get it, man. I had a, uh, uh, if my freshman year in college, I had a, f a friend from Texas, and he said, look, Cenk, the reason we have, you know, a rifle in our house is because we're, we were poor, and sometimes we'd go hunting, and we would literally, to feed ourselves, we'd go hunt a rabbit and cook the rabbit, and that was our dinner okay and i get that tradition i understand it so i'm not coming to take your guns away not that i could and obama's way to the right of me on this issue but at some point you got to stop encouraging people to get as many guns as possible and uh, wait for the government it's madness absolute madness Thanks for listening, everybody, and especially thanks to the members of the show who are helping to keep the show going strong. Now, my boss is a climate change fanatic. You know, he's got the hybrid car, solar panels on his roof, eats, breathes, and sleeps climate change. And when people come up and they ask him about the solar panels on his roof, very often they'll ask him about the cost. How much did it cost to put them on? What's the return on the investment? You know, electricity bills are obviously lower with the with the panels on the roof. So how much money are you making? Are you making a profit now? You know, what's the deal? 
And he very calmly explains, like, look, it's really not about the money. Like, yeah, I'm saving a little bit on electricity bills now. I had to pay to put them on. You know, you're going to break even eventually, but that's really not what it's about. For him, he explains, having those solar panels on his roof just make him a happier person. Just knowing that he's getting his electricity from the sun makes him happier. And frankly, that's what I imagine it's like to be a member of the Best of Left podcast. Knowing that your very small investment, as little as $5 a month, is helping to keep this show going stronger than it's ever been before. Two episodes a week, high quality, theme shows. I mean, you know what the show is. And these members are helping to keep it going stronger than it could without them. Frankly, that's just how it works. And man, that has got to feel good. And on top of that, they get the added bonus of the brand new raw feed. So they don't just get the eight shows and the knowledge that they're helping to make that happen. They also get all the clips as they come out so they can stay up on the news as it happens and get the video versions of all the clips that everyone else gets in audio form within the show. Frankly, I can't think of a better way to spend five bucks a month. If you can think of a better way, I, I'd love to hear it, frankly, because I got five bucks sitting around and I'd, I'd love to know what I could spend that on that would be better than being a member at the Best of the Left. So now, of course, today I want to thank two particular members, Garrett G. and Joseph K., number three, member number three, and member number ten, respectively. Thank you guys both so much for stepping up and uh, supporting the show by being a member. Now, if you're looking for a way to support the show that doesn't cost a dime or even a cent, even though pennies are, like, worth less than they cost to make now, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't sit down, take a minute and a half out of your day, and write a quick email to four friends and uh, and tell them to check out the show. I mean, obviously, they're going to like it. You like it. You're friends with them. They're going to like the show. So just take a minute and let them know about it. Now, why four friends? Well, you're going to want to write that one email to four friends, but obviously, you need to tell five people about it. And here's the fifth person. Take another two minutes and do a little bit of research. Find a local liberal group in your area, maybe the local Democrats, maybe, you know, an unaffiliated group of people, maybe the drinking liberally chapter in your area, anything you can think of, your book club, anyone. Find the contact person for a liberal group in your area, drop them a line and say, hey, I know your guys' politics. I'm totally hip to it. You guys should really check out this podcast because I think your members would be really interested to hear it. For each one of you writing that email, that one email could bring this show to 25 new people in that organization. Think about it. Talking about using your time effectively, if you want to help support this show, that's the way to do it. Four emails to friends of yours and one email to the leader of a liberal or progressive organization in your area, and I'm telling you, we're going places. Thanks in advance for all your help. So that's it for today. Stay connected with the show via Twitter, Facebook, or by subscribing to the newsletter in a variety of ways. Obviously, just check that out and see what it's all about for yourself. Support the show with reviews at iTunes. You know, we're only about uh, 25 reviews away from uh, the big 300 number. That'd be kind of cool to hit if you wanted to write us a quick review. 
and Podcast Alley is going pretty well too. We're about 24 votes away from the, that 150 target I set. So if you want me to shut up about Podcast Alley, because believe me, I want to shut up about it too, go ahead and vote over there and put us over the top. I'll be done for the month, I promise. If you want to get the show on your smartphone without having to sync with your computer, go to Stitcher.com and visit the show notes on the blog to find all the links to the sources and the music used in the show. You can buy the music used in the show right from our website. So, coming to you from inside the Beltway and border, yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name's Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, delivered to you every Wednesday and every weekend from thebestoftheleft.com. Black and brown.